Hi, everybody. Welcome to Rum and Cinema. It's been a while. You know, life happens. Uh, we do want to give you a good producer editor's note ahead of this episode. We're going to be talking about the movie In and of Itself on Hulu. If you haven't seen this movie and you want to see this movie, do not listen to the rest of this podcast until you've done so. If you're not sure if you want to see it, go watch it and then listen to the rest of this podcast. If you know you're never going to watch it, go watch it and then listen to the rest of this podcast. What I'm saying is, if you haven't seen this movie, don't listen to the rest of this podcast. Is that enough warning, everybody? Is that good? I, I think I think people are sufficiently warned, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, every, everyone should so watch listen this. To this. And then come back. On Hulu. And then listen to us ramble yeah. about it. Uh, it's called In and of Itself. You can pay the price. Hulu. Okay. But the now horrible price warned. of getting Hulu. Yeah, pay your $8. Even, no, not even paying for it. Just having to have Hulu <laughs> on your phone to, to have this. Yeah, it's so that bad. UI. But it's worth it for this movie. Honestly, I couldn't watch it on my Chromecast because I couldn't get it to work with my Chromecast. So I had to watch it on my laptop. It was still great. But, but, who's pretty bad about it? I'm sad that that it's on Hulu. Yeah. So we're going to start with talking a little bit about attention during movies uh, and TV shows. So this movie, I started watching it on my lunch break the day before we recorded this podcast because I knew I needed to watch it and I wasn't sure I was going to have time at home so i was like oh i'll just watch it right here and the first frame of the movie is a warning that you should put away all of the distractions and just enjoy the film as it is and i thought fuck this is going to be awful if someone has to tell me to pay attention to a movie and then when i got home and actually watched it i was glad i did put away all the distractions because it was so engrossing that way um we were talking before we started recording about how many different shows and movies we have in the background versus we pay attention to. And are movies going into the realm since the pandemic and home video, are they moving into the realm of background noise or has it always been TV shows? Like, what do you, what do you guys think about that? I think it can sort of depend. Cause like one, you know, if it's like, you know, more like lighthearted movie, like a comedy or an, an action movie, especially too. And especially one that you've seen before. Like, mm. I especially like the Marvel movies anymore with Disney Plus. I'll throw on a Marvel movie and just have it on. Uh, I'm not like, you know, really watching it, but it's on while yeah. I'm doing something else. Uh, like, you know, when to look up. Yeah, exactly. Like, having yeah. seen it before, it's like, oh, you know, good fight scene coming up or something. Or, yeah. you know, America's ass. <laughs> exactly. The, yeah. The, do you do the same thing with TV shows or just movies? TV shows has always been the staple of, you know, the movies part is a little bit more recent, but, you know, like, you know, those good, like, uh, like procedurals, you can just throw on those and, you know, it's just, you only have to pay attention at the beginning of the season and at the end of the season, (laughs) you know, to to pay attention to the like over encompassing plot for the most part. Every law and order is on the waiting room. (laughs) <laughs> but it's homework or somebody's like Don't cooking go. or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hospital waiting room. Yeah. I think uh, more TV shows lately have caught my attention than movies though, which is weird because t- movies, I think movies have like a shorter span to catch my attention. So if they don't do it quickly, I'm, I'm out. Whereas a TV show, I'll give it like two or three episodes and I'll be like, Oh, okay. Now I get it. Um, that's been tough. So do you do you watch a new movie and like not pay attention, like have um, your phone out? Is that something you've like you've set out to watch a movie that you've never seen before? I have and... a couple answers to that. One, <laughs> if I'm doing it for the podcast, a lot of times I'll take notes while I'm watching the movie, even if it's the first run. Mm. So I I know what I want to talk about, and that's just from like right. my film classes I took in college. Like I got used to watching a movie while taking notes, and I think I get more engaged right. that way because I'm like looking for something to talk about. Um, but I have in the past checked my phone during a movie at home just cause I'm out of it. And it, it, it's pretty rare. I try to not break movies up into parts or not do anything else during a movie, but like I'll pause it probably more than anything else. I'll pause it and check something. Yeah, sure. It's like, not, not like a, a judging yeah. thing more. 
to what we were talking about, like I put on TV shows, certain TV shows that I've already seen before, or that, you know, like we talked about, like a procedural with the intention of just having it on as background yeah. noise. But I don't think I ever done that with a movie that I haven't seen before. I always sit down with the intention of watching a movie at home. It can be interrupted by something. Yeah. In fact, we'll like, I'll interrupt it to go up, go get like a snack or interrupt it to do something. Uh, and, you know, if, if especially if it's not incredibly engaging, but I never sit down with I don't think I've ever sat down with a new movie and like pulled out my phone with the intention of like not fully paying attention. Yeah. Like I would do if I'm watching Psych for the fifth time yeah. or something. It's, it's hard do do to the, do, though. Same thing with new shows. I'm trying to think if there's a like new TV show that I haven't seen Zoe's. that I do it with. Oh, no, I don't think so. Not for me. I'm really into that show. Uh, but the I would say uh, The Last Kingdom. There were I would not be fully paying attention when I'm watching that show. Sometimes I'm watching it for the overarching plot. And it's, it's kind of like a movie where you said that, you know, where to look up like there'll be battle scenes or really intense scenes. And there, I definitely have my phone out immediately when I put on the show. And I'm like, it's <laughs> kind of not paying attention all the time. That's how it was for Game of Thrones the last season. I think I had my phone out way more than... You, you know, pull yeah, you but pull at that point, you're just watching it out Game of, of Thrones And you look up and they're in a completely different continent. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, wow, I still don't care. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I, I think that shows you divide. No. No, we're not. Not at all. I'll never, I'll never let break. up. I never took my phone. I never took my phone out during Breaking Bad. Not a single episode did I take my phone out. The fly Even episode. The fly episode. Even the fly episode. I fucking knew that was coming. <laughs> I saw Ben get every angry time I say Breaking Bad is the best. Every time, every time I say Breaking Bad is the best show on or ever made and doesn't have a bad episode, the first thing some idiot says is <laughs> the fly episode. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Do you not understand the uh, allegory being made about never going back to being good and only doing things for bad and not doing it for being good? You're just doing it because you want to now and the power is there. You just want to rub out everybody around you. I mean, you he was just trying to get the fly the whole time. Oh, God, you f- simple fucking. All right. <clears throat> ben, were you, were you taking you like notes better than while you were watching the fly episode? <laughs> no, I just knew it was good the minute I saw it because I'm not an idiot <laughs> who thought the fly episode wasn't good. I need to know who did the casting for that fly. <laughs> <laughs> we can touch with his agent see if he'll be on the show. He's probably one of the few people we could get on the show is that fly. Oh, right yeah. Now. Just buzzing around. And then you'll understand why it's a good episode. <laughs> really brings the life into the show. But I do appreciate that that's the only episode everyone says. That there's never been another episode mentioned. It's only the fly episode. That's why I know I'm right. No, because yeah, in all honesty, that the fly episode is it. Yeah, Breaking Bad. You know, I don't think there's anybody who was like, yeah, it was okay, or oh, I didn't much care for it. Everybody who's seen it loves that show. Yeah, it was a moment. In I time. think I I want to go back. I mean, I I should say it's coming to mind because I just watched it recently. Uh, Taylor for the first time uh Mm. and I'm not I don't think that there was never a point when it dragged I don't think there was a not a single episode that I was completely engaged I think Blaking Bad is great and I was very into it but I think in the middle there there were some episodes that dragged for me uh yeah it was but it was your second time through right yeah that's fair yeah no, yeah, I, I guess that's probably again, it. You know? The some some of the villain like plots that I knew how it played out, and it just wasn't. Uh, I was like, all right, I, I'm I know where yeah. this is going. Uh, that made of maybe took it down a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think a lot of it is like you you genuinely don't know with that show, like what's going to happen, how are things going to turn out, and it's it's hard to guess. Um, because a lot of shows are like, okay, well, things are always going to work out. And in all honesty, well, I think what's even worse is shows where it's just like, oh, you know, the main character is going to get fucked over again, you know, because because it Game always games. happens. But with Breaking Bad, Silicon it was Valley. it was a good enough mix that you you didn't know if it was going to work out or not. Remember how? True. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of like, oh, moments. You remember how we were saying right before we hit the record button that like we'll see it if it takes us anywhere we'll just go there. 
Uh, we're now talking mm-hmm. about Breaking Bad. <laughs> Look, if we don't always talk about Breaking Bad on the show, people won't know it's the show. It's fair. If it's not Breaking Bad or Marvel, they're not going to know what the fuck they're listening it's fair. to. Got to touch touch base every once in a while. Uh, yeah, we got to get to our core audience. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to think um, if there's a show that I started recently that I was like, I'm probably not going to care about this very much, but I'll, I'll just put it on. Uh, well, that's the thing. Yeah. There's so many shows now that competing. if there is a show like that, you just quit watching it and start watching something else. Well, we were talking about that. The whole, the whole thing we were talking there's about was that there's like a market for shows that you aren't paying attention to. Are we just saying that's just older shows? Like, what, what is there a market for a newly produced show that's just, just like, ah, oh, you don't really have to watch it, though. You can just have it on <laughs> the background. Yeah, background exactly. Background cinema. That's what we'll make. We'll make background cinema. It's just jokes every once in a while. That's what podcasts are. We're a background. Exactly. <laughs> You're not paying attention. Yeah. Do, do you ever just, you ever just, just go, go in the living room and you sit down on a chair, throw on the headphones and just listen to a podcast? <laughs> Never want. No, you, you do a psychopath. No. Yeah, I guess we are. This this genre, this media form is the first time listened through, not really paying attention. Oh. So, what show did we just talk about? That <laughs> I featured the fly. <laughs> I think list. if they didn't know the fly no. up the name of the episode, back to work. they'd be. I don't think you want them listening. You specifically, Ben. Had. No, I don't. No. If you didn't know what the fly episode was from Breaking Bad, that's actually this yeah, podcast. that's actually something we should incorporate. We should gatekeep every episode, like. <laughs> yeah, like we did the beginning with you have to watch this movie first. We'll have some <laughs> stupid one for every other episode, like for the Zack Snyder cut. You have to like not. <laughs> Be a Joss Whedon fan. If you can't name three of the dwarves that accompanied Bilbo, <laughs> turn off this podcast. Well, I gotta quit. Sorry, guys. It's been real. You guys got editing figured out. Now nah, we'll just. Uh, is there is there a way to export directly from Audacity? Three channels. It's each 100%. each of our audio <laughs> mixes just separately. Yeah, three separate podcasts. <laughs> honestly all i do is put our three together go to the clap at the beginning cut something bad at the beginning put something stupid at the end and we call it good we're sending it out i know i love every mention of uh ben saying i'll edit this out later or some stray sound and i'm like oh man i feel bad that ben has to go and edit that and then i hear it in the final podcast i did it like two times that way where i went through and like cut every little sound out of every part of the episode and it probably sounded great, but I didn't listen to it, so I don't care anymore. Until <laughs> until we get 300 consistent listeners, I'm not going to put that much effort into editing this podcast. Anyone who's not us three listening right now, that's how Ben feels about you. <laughs> I wanted to sound like we're in like a cafe, you know? Maybe there's some clinking in the background. Maybe there's, you know, someone coughing because of COVID. There, you know? There's some episode for the hardcore listeners where I hear Maya meowing like five separate times in the background. Yeah, yeah I'm, so. Celine's throwing a fit right now, so I'm pretty sure that's going to be on there. If you're an OG listener, you'll be able to hear Nate playing with Velcro, which he thought was a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> right before this, Taylor came up to me and handed me something and said, here, fidget with this because it's not loud. <laughs> She's looking out for you. Taylor, I appreciate you more than you know. I'll tell you what. Maybe I'll go back and edit this episode like old school way and see what happens. I don't have school. You know, let's give it a shot. There you go. Okay, so let's talk about the movie in and of itself on Hulu. Um, Jake, you recommended this movie. How did you hear about it? Uh, from you. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. No way. Yeah, it was it was on no your shot. Google Doc. Uh, and for real? yeah, because c- you you had in and of itself, and then in parentheses oh. you had like I don't know anything about this movie. I was told not to look anything up about it, but it's supposed to be good. Oh damn! And so <laughs> and I he Googled really it, committed to like, not looking anything up about it. So <laughs> yeah. much so that he forgot. I don't remember the name of it. I thought you gave us that movie idea. Uh, yeah, and I saw because <laughs> I thought it was a documentary before I watched because you know because then after reading yeah. that I'm like okay I don't want to look too much into it either. So after some cursory Googling without clicking on links, just reading, you know, the headline blurbs that come up on Google, I was like, okay, it's mm-hmm. a documentary about a magician. This ought to be cool. Actually, for me, so if you yeah, read what? the initial description, I didn't look up anything. 
Jake told me, uh, you know, his, his impression. So I knew it was, a, uh, you know, a magic act, but if I would have been recommended this by you guys and I had just read the description that's on Hulu for this thing, I would have passed it up. I like, I was feeling regret, uh, that I was about to watch this after reading the description. Was it like a visual yeah. poem or something? Derek Degadio's in and of itself is a new yeah. kind of lyric poem. It tells the story of a man fighting to see through the illusion of his own identity, only to discover that identity itself is an illusion. Like having seen it, it's Ooh. it's not you know it's, funny? it works. But reading that uh, still now, I'm like, I hate myself yeah. that we're about to gush yeah. about this movie. Yeah. But but if that was if that was the the blurb under a Bo Burnham special, which it could be for any Bo Burnham special, you would cream your jeans going to watch that, that, watch that special. Don't lie. Yeah, to he's got the credibility for me. And, and this guy does too now. Like immediately watching yeah, it, I was yeah. I didn't feel like he was uh um what's the word for full of himself? Uh the 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 good word. What's that? No, I think you nailed Egotistical. it. Egotistical. <laughs> I said, I think you nailed it. Yeah, I, I didn't think he was full of himself. It, it, yeah, he, he, we'll get into the you know monologues, and it, it was a little theatrical and artsy, but like I thought it fit well. I didn't think it was him being like self-important or. Yeah, he's. Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> an only child theater kid. <laughs> yeah, which we saw. You know, he admitted as much. Uh, I thought this, so I'm not a very emotional person. I am what you would call a robot. And I felt emotional so much during this movie. Like it was the most connected I have felt to a movie probably ever. Yeah. Like as an adult, I would say ever. And the things that it does to the people in the play are incredible to watch. And the way that he emotes and, presents his stories are so cool and well-crafted and interesting that the time I thought the time I thought I saw an hour and a half and I was like, thank Christ, because this is going to take forever, but it flew by. It was really, really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I think right from the, like the initial when he like, you know, starts telling the story and he's like, yeah. he's wasn't too far into the story. And I was like, Oh, I think I'm really going to like this. Yeah. Yeah, that story was cool. So he, it's it's a story about a a ruleteer. Is that what he called it? Ruletista. Ruletista. Yeah, real fancy. Um, and then it has a six shooter, basically, of stories that he's going to tell, including the ruletista. Yeah. Um, and there's a magic trick involved with all of them. Yeah. Yeah, all of them. And they tell a different story about his life and the way that it connects to the main through point of the show, which I think is just understanding who you are and more importantly how to reconcile what other people see of you with who you are it's, i wanted to see how long we could let that sit looking at your guys faces yeah i i think <laughs> it's interesting i i took the the ending for that part for sure uh and I think the the most impactful story, I don't, the most emotionally charged story, I don't know how much we want to get into it. Uh, I, I kind of lost track of the identity part. And I was just like, really just listening to him, like how like open and emotionally raw he was being uh, and thinking about how many times he's told that story uh, and how intense it was. Yeah. The brick story. Yeah. The Brick story? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. That was a really well thought out and elegant way to tell that story and have people who may not have felt that before feel that about those types of situations. Um, it has to do with homophobia and how people react to finding out stories about his family. Um, and I really liked the the visual of the brick and how after telling the story, when he looked at the brick, he couldn't see just a brick anymore. And I thought that was really powerful. And like I hadn't consciously thought of that, but I'm sure it was there. That part. And then he made it, you know, did magic trick with it. That part in particular, I wanted space. to. But it was interesting. I thought it was the, the interesting. trick was was cool. 
uh, in in person. But then I got a little annoyed as I was watching it. Like I'm a really big fan of yeah. of magic, uh, and I get really excited. And the the part about it being on like uh, some intersection, I thought that was that was like the the only part of piece of magic that I I wasn't really impressed <laughs> with. I kind of rolled my eyes yeah. at. Uh, I was like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, you, you someone put a brick somewhere. That that's very impressive. Uh, there's no proof that it's the same brick. Uh, and whether it is or not, I don't care. <laughs> like, I'm thinking about how the trick is done and, like, whatever. And that was the only one that I really, like, the rest of it, you know, you can, we were kind of talking before, like, it's, it's, you can probably think about how the trick was done, but, like, A, you're not sure, and B, it's still incredibly impressive. Like, that's some of my favorite magic tricks. So, like, it's still impressive, even if you can figure out, tell yeah. at least a little bit how it was done. But the brick, I was like, the brick, the, the trick in the, in the theater was cool. The brick being somewhere, I like super yeah. rolled my eyes at. But then one thing I read did make me kind of feel awesome. more interested about it. Someone theorized that the way that the brick got out there before anyone else was that he gave it to the person who had the book and asked them to go put it there. And that part of the uh, Rulisa, uh, part of Rulatisa uh, was like just taking a bet that people were going to participate correctly and like just do it right. Rulatisa? I was like, all right, that's that could be interesting. That's that's cute. But anyway. Oh. That is cool. Yeah. I, I, I saw another person mm. commenting and, and they were actually somebody that had that uh, uh, they were somebody that was Mr. Tomorrow. Whoa. So, you know, so they had the book and uh, and somebody was like, hey, you know, like, I have a question, like, you know, did you have to, like, sign anything or blah, blah, blah? And they were like, nope, they just asked me if I was, you yeah. know, going to be at the next show. And they took my name and email address and asked me to please come back. Damn. And they were like, yeah, I could have I could have just never shown up. I could have kept the book. And. Yeah, that's insane. I think that proves just how gripping of a story it was I, I, like how engaging it was yeah i wanted to see how it is i have a, like, I have a two part for that I, I wanted to talk like about the book too <laughs> that's like not but everybody that's participated i thought it was really cool because it's not like really a, a magic trick it's just a really that that's what case kind of makes it not just a magic show but also like we were talking about like a show uh just kind of an experimental uh art thing i don't can't think of anyone else doing something similar but my impression uh when you said that like with the book was I can't imagine not coming back. I can't imagine being something that I would be more less enthusiastic about. Like I would, I would be dying to to come back. Like in, in the show when he asks, like, is someone I need someone to come back tomorrow, and no one's hand went up. Like, I I was shocked. My hand would have been up immediately. Uh, and so yeah, like I yeah, I think that that's really interesting and engaging. And I, I can't imagine not yeah. participating uh so yeah taking that risk uh man what a shock would it be if someone was just like i got it and then they leave <laughs> try to steal the book or something mm. yeah i want to well and then because i was thinking too he had to have some sort of a contingency because yeah. you know he'd have what maybe right. a 10 minute warning uh before the show when they'd be like all right you know mr yesterday is not here that would mm -hmm. be they have to have some maybe sort they just of skip that part like the book is gone yeah because it's just them reading it and then passing it to the next person you just skip it but he doesn't have the book anymore my first thought is he was showing pictures was like is this available to view the whole yeah. thing online somewhere i wonder if he's gonna turn that yeah. into like a it's currently theater. not that i could find but like have all the <laughs> all right we don't need to get into that yeah. so he'll sell it as an nft <laughs> make a whole bunch of money <laughs> <it>. yeah <laughs> all right new topic holy podcast crypto and you um <clears throat> i really liked this the letter reading part that's where i got emotional the most was the letter reading part I I mean some sort of mentalism force persuasive choice I, thing. Um 
But the fact that he got someone to write a letter to every person coming. Yeah, to the show, I, I'm willing to bet it was one person per impressive. show. But that's or enough still, people it's still that pretty he felt cool. Okay it's a cool idea. And it's picking uh, someone at random. Again, yeah, forced pulling it off life. without them so, knowing. You know. And just like, I think, it again, it was less about the trick and more about just seeing the person react to it. Yeah. And that's how he set it up. The way yeah. he set it up was so beautiful. It was like, you're going to, when you open that envelope, you are going to experience mm-hmm. something. And even more fun is we're going to experience you experiencing it. Yeah. And it was like, oh, what's going to happen? And then, uh, like he said, it's going to magically turn into this letter. Yeah. That only you will see. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Weird. Uh, and then it, sure shit. It was wild. Yeah. For both of those, like, that's what I found that really, really interesting really, is. That part was the first I don't think I either one was of, like. Feel. mind-blowing and then the and ending is also where i felt take it with like, a grain of salt like i I could be wrong but uh i don't think it's too technically hard to to make either of those work but i i just i think it, that's not what it was about and so it was still interesting even if you were uh yeah even if you weren't like mind-blown like how did he do that Yeah, he's he's not doing like incredible feats of magic. He's not doing anything in you know super innovative magic wise. But what he is doing is he's telling a great story while he's doing that magic. Yeah. Although the shuffling stuff he did with like the, the handing sh- those bridge hands out, that was sick. The shuffling. So here's what's kind of funny. Probably four days three or four days before i watched that i had Mm -hmm. a youtube recommendation pop up that talked about different levels of sleight of hand and dealing and i watched it and it was a guy who talked about you know okay you know when you're dealing like you know the the very first level is you know just you you deal the bottom card but it looks like you're dealing the top card and then you know he got a little more complex and and literally by the end his he he went through that exact same bit. Of, really? Yep. Of dealing the part where he was dealing the with the king on top it's, and just dealing out from under. It was it was fun to watch. Did you watch yeah. his hands as he was dealing? Yeah, he was doing like the middle deals. Like I'm, he would give himself the kings every time, and then like every other buddy else got a face down card. I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. So and then like so so something like that. It's it's like what Nate said earlier. Like and apparently yeah, he is know, like a magic, technical just, master. Like but it's you know, still uh, incredibly impressive stuff. how so, good he is at that. That, that part's that's, just straight that's up impressive. Amazing technical skill to be able to do that consistently. But like, as much yeah. as we enjoyed watching it, like it's, the part where yeah. that most people are going to talk about is is the last two parts. Which like I, I, what I was saying, I, I think it's <laughs> like not even about the the magic part. Yeah. Uh, yeah he's really good at that. But yeah. Really good. No. I thought the discussion of the I've never heard the term the 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 saying of like the wolf or the dog, like in between the wolf and the dog time. I've never heard that before. Um, but the explanation was it made a lot of sense and I really liked hearing it. And the fact that he didn't know which one he was, and like the whole story, all the stories that are he's telling is like he's not really sure who he is. And he is hoping that we can help him figure out who he is by watching this. Um, but at the same time, he's like giving every person in his audience the freedom to accept who they are, I would say, and also be aware of who they are. So I thought that was really. Um, I, I, I have two questions for you. Really oh, go ahead. Cool and informative uh like piece of information to give your audience when you leave i mean Mm -hmm. i was just gonna say i mean even from the very beginning it's it's like we didn't get a good look at the wall of you know identities Mm -hmm. but i mean it makes you think you know what would you pick yeah 
Yeah, there were a thousand options up there. A thousand? Yeah, that's what it says. But Nate, what were you saying? Had to be so hard not to read all of those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <it> related. <laughs> uh, my question, my questions immediately become: You were talking about allowing people to, uh, you know, accept who they were, choose who they were. Do you think that if you went, uh, and as I'm saying this, maybe if you went with like the three of us yeah. versus you went with like a significant other, would you be serious about it, or would you pick a joke? Uh, mm. And either answer: How much would you regret it if you picked a joke and then not knowing what was going to happen? And then you didn't get to participate in the in the end. Insane regret <laughs> if I had the joke one and they didn't let me stand up. Yeah, uh, I I think I would have chosen the real one every time because I think like it's different going to like a play than like a movie. Like when you go into a movie, you talk shit during the trailers and all that. But I feel like if you're going to a play in a one man show, you're kind of like in a different headspace, right? Like Nate, when we went to see um, Book of Mormon it was like a different vibe than going to see like star Wars. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're ready. To, like you want to experience this and you're ready to like, not think about anything, but this thing for the next bit, the movie you're hoping you don't think of anything, but this thing for that amount of time. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No, you have to put yourself into a, a play. You have to put yourself into the mindset or is a movie supposed yeah. to trick you into it. And I think like the real person walking up and down the aisle and the, the animatronics he had behind him. The last magic trick, that one was sick. I don't know how he did that. That was sick. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, I could guess, but that was cool. But, like, that whole genre difference, I think, makes a big change in how I would feel about that choice. Yeah. But that's an interesting question. I do like that question. I, I feel like I pick always something serious, but within the confines of a serious choice, there's still like funnier ones. Yeah. <laughs> so, like unicorn. Yeah. So I, you know, I feel like, you know, depending on the group I'm with, you know, okay, uh, like, you know, look what I got, but it'd still be a serious choice. Yeah. Sure. Like, I'm a gamer. Yeah, dude. Gamer, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. For sure. But uh, the way that they looked when he looked them in the eye and said, like, welcome them as their choice, that was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that just, I, I don't know, because it's a difficult, it's difficult to do any sort of magic, uh, like, and do it on TV and have it be impressive, because, yeah. you know, you, you, th there's like the added layer of skepticism because it's on TV, uh, you know, so, oh, you know, they can do whatever angle they want, they can do editing, they can do all this stuff, uh, so I think what makes his show so cool is you know seeing everyone's reactions and i think mm -hmm. that was one of the coolest parts is you know he's going around and it's like oh my god he's doing the whole audience and there you know like th there's no way that uh you know that he, he clearly was going around and just nailing everybody's identity because they have their reaction you yeah. could tell yeah and I, at first i didn't really know what was happening you know the first couple he like does the whole first two rows and then you like the shock moment of, all right, if I got yours right, sit down. Yeah. And everybody sits down. Oh. Yeah. That was, so the, this is one thing where when I was looking up the movie afterwards, people were discussing, okay, how did he do that? Mm, yeah. And uh, the vast majority of people were just convinced like, oh, it's, it's simple. He has a hidden earpiece or some sort of like Morse code buzzer in his shoe or something. And they're like, yeah, it's, it's a very common trick. There's, you know, there's nothing yeah. special about it. And then, oh, and then uh, so one guy was even saying like, yeah, you know, the, this is like a classic trick. And, and there's even like a backup system in case the speaker or the Morse code buzzer dies. And, and in the back of the theater, there's uh, a series of lights that'll, you know, blink a code. Hmm. And, uh, and, and they said that, uh, they said that also explains the pausing, like why he pauses for each person is he's waiting to hear it. But, huh. um, and there were a few people also who were, cause to me it was weird. I saw almost nobody that believed that he actually dedicated all of those to memory because the other mm -hmm. side of the argument was people saying, no, 
he's he's reading them. And that's why he told everyone who picked a joke one to sit down is because mm-hmm. he's looking at them and he's, you know, he's picking up on their body language and their subtle little. And I'm like, OK, that's a bit much. No, Here, I, I agree with the, the yeah, memorization shows the, the difference in what people understand is real. <laughs> yes. like people see them mentalists and don't realize that that's just not a real thing at all that doesn't exist in real life even, even the ment like that would be far too outlandish for the mentalist yeah right just picking a specific word out of those thousand yeah words. For, for every person in the audience and not missing yeah. one yeah like i i think it has to be memorization so to me the reason there were gaps is because he was going through and like double counting. He was like, okay, it was this, 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 boom, this one. That was what that one was. I think he knew everybody. Honestly, I, yeah, I, I think he memorized it. We were talking about this, but yeah, I, I think a lot of people just don't realize that like, that's conceivable to do. Uh, it's not, I think it said there was like, what, 150 people in the audience. That's yeah, not mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, and, I think, yeah, the reason he asked the non-serious people to sit down was because it makes it way more, like, the whole point, again, was the the impact it has as you're going through. Uh, as soon as we realized, I realized what he was doing, I was like, I like, realized what the trick was. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure this is how he's doing it, that's cool, and then it just draws you in. Like, from me, uh, I'd agree with you, Ben, like, I'm, I'm on the side of, like, not getting emotionally drawn into things. Uh, it definitely draws you in. Like I, I started yeah. from a lane of high skepticism and high detachment, and it managed to pull me in. Like a quarter way through, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like he's really making. He's like breaking these people. Uh, and so yeah. I think the pausing was pure drama. Like I think he was like getting a vibe for the person and like just pausing long enough to make them like emotionally break down. <laughs> like when he came yeah. upon a person, I'm like visualizing his mental he gets to it and he's like oh man this pick person picked nobody and just like act like putting on a little play at that point being like acting really yeah. like you know or you know actually feeling the impact of this person like thinking oh god this person chose i'm nobody as their like thing i was like that's that is yeah. brutal like no matter what the trick is when you realize this person picked that for themselves probably not knowing they were going to be on stage and like shown for it i was like jesus that's that's intense. Yeah. Oh, and uh, one of the famous people we'll talk about here in a minute, he whispered to her what she chose. I, I don't know who that is. Um, uh, Marina Abramovich, performance okay. artist. Uh, Abby says she's awesome. So I believe I believe her. <laughs> Maybe well, now she'll watch the movie. Yeah. I feel like if she was awesome, he would have read that out loud. <laughs> Uh, uh, she knows more about engaging directly with your audience, so his technique mm. is right up her alley. It's unclear what card she picked, uh, because he he whispered it into her ear, lost in translation styles. But this yeah. people says honestly, what if um, what if he I, just whispered, yeah. "This is the best possible thing I could do for the art right now," into her ear, and she was like, <laughs> "Hell yeah!" It just appreciated it, artist to artist, yeah, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Or, or what if like, that was the one that he <laughs> forgot? And he's like, dude, I forgot. Can you just sit down? <laughs> just bank on her, her on her elbow so she could like cry. <sighs> Real RT stuff. I, I, I mean, if you have watched this movie and have thoughts about it, uh, find other people who want to watch it and talk about it. I think this is one of those I'm movies about where... I was going to say, as I soon did. as you said, find someone. Would you watch it again? I watched it today by myself because I told Taylor for the podcast we were watching a magic act. And she was like, I don't really want to watch that. And as I was watching it, I was like, oh, man, I got to go watch this with Taylor like immediately. <laughs> well, who, who a recording of a magic act. I'm. You, I mean, you said that, yourself, honestly, I'm a, question. I'm a big magic fan. And I still am like, ah, oh, no, I really want to watch this. Have you seen uh, David Blaine? Like a video of a magic act. I'm not sure. Your choice of David Blaine is just making me. I watch YouTube videos out. of David Blaine all the time. That dude's amazing. All right. Let's not derail this. <laughs> How do you not like David? Bl- you like magic. You don't like David. Blaine. <laughs> Penn and Teller or nothing. Oh, you like David Copperfield? You fucking idiot. 
<laughs> I take I take Blaine over Copperfield just because of the choice of name. Uh, I just don't like being triggered by it. not only saying the fly is not a good episode, but also saying David Blaine is not a watchable magician. <sighs> okay, so we talked <laughs> about celebrities that were in the audience. There was a lot of celebrities in the audience. So Marina Ab- Abramovich, W. Camille Bell, Gavin Grimm, and Susan Sarandon. Um, Grimm, I believe, is the one who was Mr. Tomorrow. David Blaine was there. Um, he chose the card reading, I'm a magician, and he said, my brother. And then David Blaine started to cry. Mm. I don't know. Oh, Kate McKinnon was I there? I don't understand why that made him cry. Because I think it's about the connection that he had with the, the moment. I, I feel like if you're in the audience during that moment, it's very emotionally charged. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand a lot of the people crying. I don't, knowing that it was David Blaine and he just said yeah. my brother to another musician. He, and he saw cry, how awesome his act was that he knew his career yeah. was over. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was so emotionally charged what because if he, he could see himself as something other than a magician for once. Like he could see himself as a person that he gets to choose who he is. And this other person was recognizing him as what he walked in as and letting him be anybody he wants. Yeah. But when he said my brother, he means my fellow magician. That's what I, yeah, I know. (laughs) So is he still, (laughs) I, I think it would have been way more of a power move if he would have looked at David Blaine and said, nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, David Blaine. Oh, David Blaine. So Kate McKinnon was there. She was over his right shoulder at some point. I not uh, recognize her either, or is she not in the? She's just in the. She audience. wasn't okay. She wasn't. Yeah, I, w- I was like, I would have recognized her if he would have called her out for something. Yeah, you would have paused. You would have yeah. paused it immediately. Uh, Brian Henson, the puppeteer, and his wife Mia Sara, Trading Spaces host Paige Davis, Ronan Farrow, and John Lovett are pretty cool. Bill Gates, obviously, he was the leader. Wow, really fucking got out of your box there, didn't you, Bill? Um, <laughs> Tim Gunn was there from Project Runway. He chose Good Samaritan and. Teared up afterwards. Good choice. Uh, activist DeRay McKesson was there. He chose Visionary. That was nice. Um, Pariah star Adepero Adoye was there. Right after Tim Gunn. Uh, she chose The Alchemist. Um, Emma Solkowitz was one of the people who um, was Mrs. Tomorrow. Miss Tomorrow. David Wayne, Wet Hot American Summer director, was there. He was seen misty-eyed. Uh, when Delgado was embracing his mom at the end. That was really nice yeah. when he saw her. That was really cool. Larry Wilmore was there. He picked Oracle. Alicia Witt, um, Twin Peaks pianist. Uh, she was the one that chose the mystic. So those are the celebrities you can see in in and of itself. Uh, I can't recommend this movie highly enough for at least one viewing. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think it... Yeah. It got me like more emotionally in touch with any part of me than any other movie has. And I think it's, it's something so unique. Like, I don't even know Mm. what genre you'd call it because yeah, you can tell someone, Oh yeah, it's, you know, it's a recording of this guy's magic act, but people are going to go in, you know, that's, it's only a a piece of what they get. That's not even, yeah, it's not what I, not what I recommend too. You're like, just trust me. Yeah. Like, how would you recommend this to a friend? What would you say? Just watch this movie. Yeah, like, just, just watch, this, watch movie. this movie. It's crazy good. It's a, yeah. you know, it's a magician show. That's all I would say. Yeah, I kept calling it a one man show today at work. Yeah, like, it's a one man show. That, that's that's probably what I would say to people. It's a one man show. Yeah. All right. Um, that was in and of itself. Um, we all feel more complete as a person and more open to the idea of who we are after watching it. Now let's pigeonhole ourselves and cast some people into a Poorly. So we are doing Apollo's Apollo... 11. No, not Apollo. Uh, Ocean... Ocean's 14. No, Ocean's 11. Um, and we're doing animated characters as characters from Ocean's 11. So what I have is I have a list from Wikipedia of a brief description of each character. How many did you guys get to cast? So... I cast all of them, but nice. 
Uh, I've never seen Ocean's Eleven. All right. That's okay. You don't have to smudge. So here's here's what I did. I read the IMDb synopsis. Okay. And it <laughs> describes the team. You know, it's like, okay, yeah. you, you have Dell, the electronics expert, and you have Yen, the grease man, etc. So yeah. I just went with the descriptions of the team member. Okay. So That's great. my stuff could be wildly off. So should we start from the bottom of the list here? So the amazing Yen is a Chinese acrobat, uh, second of two newbies to the group called a Grease Man. Uh, who did you guys put for the Grease Man? I had Lucy from Disenchanted. Ah, which okay. is... Yeah. I, I recommend Disenchanted if you like, you know, Futurama, which most people do, but it's not like great or anything. It's just... It's mm. good quarantine watching. That's exactly what we were talking. Yeah, yeah. That's some of you watch <laughs> brand new. Yeah, this is going to be a vehicle for us recommending uh, shows that we like. But yes, because mine are very heavily influenced. Yeah, uh, I had nothing. I was really excited about this because I thought there's so many animated characters. It's going to be so interesting, and it was so hard and impossible. I. It's so hard. To, you can't Google like. Which characters are gymnastics in the animation? And I can't think of it. Like, there's too many things to to think of. I can't remember. I I don't memorize most cartoon characters that I or animated characters that I see in shows. Like, I don't remember them. No. Uh, I got most of them, but I don't. Uh, I put. That's fine. I put Louise from Bob's Burgers because I thought her pink hat would be funny popping out in the casino when they're breaking into the money. Um, the Malloy brothers, uh, the Mormon twins, Virgil and Turk Malloy, originally played by Casey Affleck and Scott Kahn. Oh, sorry. Uh, the amazing Anne was originally played by Chin Chalbo. Casey Affleck, Scott Kahn, who are you casting to play the Malloy brothers? I put the two angry beavers. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's so good. All, all, all I know about um, them is that they, they bicker with each other. I've watched the movie several times. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, I had Beavis and Butthead for basically the same reason. Oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, Beavis? Uh, I had the two, the two, like, (laughs) uh, you're an idiot. I had the two, um, the brothers from Bob's Burgers that are like Ollie and whatever the other one's name is, Ollie and Ollie. And they always like, I want to be Ollie's friend. That's who I had. Same kind of thing. My experience with Bob's Burgers has been like the first couple of episodes and uh-huh. then the season, what, five, episode one of Archer. Oh, my God, dude. Bob's Burgers is so amazing. That first episode where they're talking about Tina being autistic or not, I laughed so goddamn hard <laughs> when I saw that. When they, <laughs> Nate, have you seen that? I've definitely seen the first episode. I haven't actually watched okay. a lot of Bob's Burgers. We're watching the clip as soon as this episode right. is over. It's so, it's so, look up Tina Autism Bob's Burgers if you want to watch at home. It is so funny. Um, okay, next one's Livingston Dell, who was originally played by Eddie Jemison. He's a tech guy, surveillance specialist, Moonlights for the FBI. Who we got? I put Dexter from Dexter's Lab. Ah, good choice. I thought about that. I had Porky Pig. Based more on the the character than the Ooh. the role uh, of just being nervous and beep, yeah, beep, beep, beep. That's, that's where I picture it. If if they did a Looney Tunes only casting, it would have to be Porky Pig for this for this role. One hundred percent. I as I was going through this list, I'm like, it'd be really easy to do Looney Tunes yeah. only. Yeah, it would. That's why we didn't do it. We talked about Muppets. That would have been also pretty easy. I thought I wanted um, the challenge. I put Morty mm. from Rick and Morty. <laughs> that's pretty oh. good that, that's that's really good just gonna be like yeah i don't know guys i didn't think about that <laughs> uh, uh <laughs> next up is frank catton played originally by bernie mack he's an old acquaintance he's an experienced car dealer um and he is first to be recruited for the bellagio plan i don't know how well it fits i just wanted him in here and my my method of picking these people didn't really have anything for him, so I just put Bojack. Hmm. Yeah, enough. that's a good one. Uh, I had I I didn't even look up 
I, I, I wrote the, the dog from Tom and Jerry. Because the main characteristic for, for him, for me, is that he's just, like, <laughs> cool and strong. Uh, those are the two main characteristics. So, yeah. yeah. Like, the only scene I remember from the movie of him is when he's shaking the car dealership guy's hand so hard that he agrees to his deal as they're negotiating. So I just pictured the dog from Tom and Jerry. <laughs> That's really good. With cool oh, yeah, and strong in mind, I picked Johnny Bravo. Oh. Yeah. Hey. Uh, Basher Tar is the munitions expert, played originally by Don Cheadle. Wiley Coyote. Anything yeah, you need a you need a demo man, it's Wiley Coyote. I like that. Keep it the theme of going based on the character other I, I picked Bender from Futurama. Same. Just really? Hell nice. yeah. <laughs> That's such being ob- obnoxious as hell. Yes. Uh yeah. He does 100%. he does sometimes do some demolition stuff in Futurama, but it was ma- mostly based on that, yeah. Simulates an earthquake with a drilling machine in Ocean's Thirteen. Like, come on. Yeah, there you go. Pretty uh, sure Saul Bloom. Do that. Yeah, easily. Saul Bloom is an ulcerous old pro who is brought out of retirement to play a crucial role in the casino heist. Originally played by Carl Reiner. I put uh, Arnold's grandma. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, good. She, she does some. Yeah, she does some gung ho shit too. Yeah, she does. Yeah. She'd actually pull this off. Yeah. I had uh, Carl Fredrickson, which you also know as the grandpa from Up, because no one knows his name, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. as, as the had... crusty old guy who uh, gets dragged into it and is enthusiastic. Can't be wrong. Yeah. Uh, I picked the grandpa from Courage the Cowardly Dog for the same reasons. <laughs> Just because he would be funny in this spot. There you go. I was also uh, I was also thinking uh, of uh, Lou Pickles. Oh, Lou Pickles would have crushed, dude. Giving them all like a Seder Passover <laughs> fucking story. <laughs> uh, next up is Ruben Tishkoff, a flamboyant business kingpin, originally played by Elliot Gould. I put Scrooge McDuck because they said he was a wealthy financier. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good one. Uh, I, I went with the. <laughs> clearly blatant Jewish stereotype. It did Lenny Turtle Tob from Bojack Horseman. The agent. We can edit that out. No, I'm leaving that out. It's intentional. It's intentional in Ocean's Eleven. He's wearing like a Star of David. It's it's laid on thick and bone. I'm I'm letting them do their own thing. (laughs) His name is Ruben Tishkoff. Yeah. I went with Mr. Krabs from uh, Spongebob. That is, I hold that that's oh, more yeah, offensive man. than what I said. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably not wrong. All right, now we're on the big three. For, uh, first up is Linus Caldwell, son of a legendary con artist, uh, played originally by Matt Damon. I put Aladdin. Oh, all right. Pickpocket, pickpocket vibes. Pick. I like that. As, I saw he was a pickpocket, and also as a main, you know, you need a certain level of something to be a main character. True. I put Mr. Peanut Butter from BoJack Horseman. Uh, incredibly enthusiastic mm. and not nearly as talented as he needs to be. Yeah, that's fair. I went mm. more with the uh, Mama's Boy. Like, always relies on his family name, and I went with Sterling Archer. I had Archer. I only don't want to acknowledge it because I have him somewhere else. Yeah, yeah Clooney's, Clooney's part's coming fast, so here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rusty Ryan is Danny's right-hand band, although it's implied in 12 that Rusty is the logistical heart of all the crew's operations, handling the details of the day-to-day operations while Danny is more big picture, played originally by Brad Pitt. I put Bugs Bunny, thinking strictly mm. from a Space Jam vibe. Yeah. Like, all right. I feel like he could do anything. Kind of a second fiddle to Michael Jordan or LeBron James. So yeah. why not to George Clooney? I like that. Legit. That makes sense. I feel like your description of him being the technical details hurts mine. I was feeling really good. Uh, but I have Jack Skellington uh, just Ooh. being smooth as shit and being kind of the, the leader 
Uh, that's yeah. where I went with. Too I cool for with... school. Plus, it'll bring like in the emo crowd. True. My Chemical Romance will now play the uh, the soundtrack. Um, I went with the cunning, thoughtful, always ready for the next picnic basket, Yogi Bear. <sighs> I thought he would be. He says it's the heart of. Okay, I, I roll. I, it's the heart of the team. I'm eye rolling because I was looking for ideas for you know animated characters, and Yogi Bear came up, and I was like, too obvious for a heist movie, and I moved on. Uh, uh-uh, just right for me, dog. Hey, hey, Danny, we gotta get the ocean. All right. Uh, last but not least, a Danny Ocean, a gentleman thief from New York City. He's the ringleader, played originally by George Clooney. If if you want this to be good, that has to be art. Okay, two for two on that one there, <laughs> Nate, I'm guessing. So I actually couldn't decide. I, I actually have Archer slash Bugs Bunny as my, my casting here. Uh, Archer is great for the awesome. for the the look and the always having the answer. Uh even though he and I also I, I was switching between him for Rusty and Danny and I did Danny because Danny does a lot more talking like I rewatch it and Danny talks a lot and Rusty yeah. just kind of he's quiet a lot like some of my favorite scenes are George Clooney just bouncing off him and Brad Pitt not saying anything so I pictured Archer there more but also Bugs Bunny just being the leader and you know Bugs Bunny would pull off would be the one to pull off this heist it's fair uh, I don't think Archer can pull off the the staying staying mm. out of the out of his own way. So I wanted to go with a character who's more incognito, um, proven con man. You guys watch Zootopia? Oh my god! No, I went with Nick Wilde from boo. Zootopia. What do you mean, boo? I Which boo you. Choice. Uh, I think the fox. The He's main the character. The rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. The one who helps the bunny rabbit. No, I, crimes. I, I preemptively booed you. I thought you were going to say the, the weasel who actually was like stealing things. And I was like, doesn't fit oh, the no. character. No, Nick. I, no I like, shot. I like Nick Wilde. It's that that's good. He's got the con man right. vibe. Glad it passes your test. Appreciate it. I have <laughs> high Zootopia standards. <laughs> I uh, can tell. Apparently. I've seen the movie one time. What do you mean? What do you mean there's no buttholes on these elephants doing yoga? What the fuck kind of movie is this? <laughs> so that was our past cast of Ocean's Eleven. We all won. We're not going through 11 of them. Um, that was a big Here's cast. my thought for the next one. Apollo 13. Right? So, But you only cast the guys in the space shuttle. But Muppets only. Because <laughs> that would be hilarious. Why are we skipping 12? Apollo 12? No, um, any movie with 12. Oh God, we are. I don't know because Twelve Angry Men. There you go. Only with women. Are we just going <laughs> to continuously increase the amount of people we have to cast in these? Because that was exhausting. All the way up to four hundred <laughs> samurai or whatever that movie is. Three hundred. Uh, you have to cast all. Three hundred. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we can do Twelve Angry Men, but you have to cast women. <laughs> I like it just for the concept. <laughs> That's a lot of people. I it means I have to watch Twelve Angry Men though. Have you not seen it? No. Oh, it's so. Good. Oh, you haven't? No. Jeez, I can't. Oh, Jake's seen you, it. You haven't seen such uh, a sounds like so much part work. of work. Cinema history. Or do you want to do a, a uh, Apollo thirteen with uh, Muppets? Or another idea, if you have another one. I like both of them. I'd have to. When did I see Apollo thirteen? I feel like it's been a while ago. I don't even think you have to see it again. It's just pick the four guys in the spaceship and then cast them. One's Tom Hanks, so like you can't go wrong with like Kermit is Tom Hanks. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna specifically not do that. Yeah, Miss Piggy is Tom exactly. Hanks. Exactly. Does it smell like bacon? I'm gonna go deep into the, the Muppets <laughs> lore. Whoever whoever dies nice animal. is is, is going to be Miss Piggy. Just so you can make that joke. Beaker. I would I would watch just a movie of Beaker going in like taking off in a shuttle launch. Just just like me the whole way. Just yeah, just in the window. Yeah, he goes by. <laughs> 
All right, I think we're doing Apollo 13 with yeah, uh, yeah, Muppets. We're already good. halfway there. Now, the real question is, what movie do we watch next? We have a couple to choose from. We have The Sound of Metal, still out on Amazon Prime. We have Nomadland on Hulu. And we have the Snyder Cut, Justice League, not in black and white, on HBO Max. I will say, even though I'm saying I was reluctant at first for the Snyder Cut, A, I'm now back in. And B, it does follow our pattern of switching off between a popcorn movie and a movie that made Ben cry. That's true. I assume no Madeline. Well, okay, but I was going to say, if we do the Snyder Cut then, then that's going to set the bar real high for Ben for Kong <laughs> versus Godzilla. <laughs> we'll be ready to bounce back, you know? I mean, I'm down the I mean, Snyder we, Cut. We, we, we could switch. We could do Godzilla. The Snyder Cut will probably also make Ben cry. Yeah. Like, oh, they finally included Cyborg. Jared Leto doesn't have stupid shit on his face. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's the real killer. Yeah. I'm down with Snyder Cut. Jake, you down with Snyder Cut? Oh, yeah. Nate, you down with Snyder Cut? You know it. All right, pop your corn. I got four hours Snyder to Cuts burn. are coming. Oh, Jesus Christ. Poor right, Taylor. So... Should, I, should I see the other uh, DC movies first? Because I haven't. You won't be lost. No, I mean, the Bat. It this I, I guess I don't know if Snyder Cut's gonna get it right because just sleek mischaracterizes the previously established Batman and Superman and there is no Flash or there is no Flash movie, there is no cyborg movie, and Wonder Woman's still the same. And you I'm guessing that's the one you didn't forget. I've seen Wonder Woman. I saw like the first half of Aquaman on You don't a plane. have to see Aquaman. That's enough. Yep, that's enough. I I feel like Aquaman was decent. It is, yeah, but you don't need yeah. it for this movie. No, you have to know who Aquaman is conceptually to to see, to watch this movie. That's it. They yeah. do so much work because they couldn't wait to release this team up movie, and now I'm guessing this is just going to be more. There's apparently a scene in this movie where a group of Nordic people sing about Aquaman, so you're probably going to get more lore than you bargained for. Fuck off. <laughs> no, there's not. There is too. The there absolutely is. Oh God! One of the people I watched was like going through and he was like, this is better than the Justice League. It's like, could have done without the scene of the Nordic people singing about Aquaman, but. Oh my God. <laughs> That's where we're at right now. Well, can't wait to talk about that for 45 minutes with you guys. That's going to be great. <laughs> I bet we'll bring it up a couple of times. Um, but for real though, it's been great to be back. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you enjoyed the movie more than anything. Uh, we'll see you next time. Enjoy your rum. Enjoy your cinema. Thanks for joining us. Are we not doing a drink for it anymore? Well, cause I had one. I had one. You take, you take six shot glasses and some of them are vodka and some of them are water, but, but all of them are vodka and you drink them. And if you don't get drunk, you're the ruletista. You're like, yeah, it was totally on purpose. We decided to make that the senior.
this episode was as good as the movie. Woo. Wow, we nailed it. <laughs>